Um, welcome back to the Swingman Podcast. It's podcast number 137. As ever, I'm your host, Johnson Ledger. Joins them all the time by Lewis Howard. Lewis Howard and Louis Halpin. Uh, before we dive into this week's podcast, which we're going to be talking about the in-season tournament, there is a giveaway that I'm going to announce. So, obviously, if you haven't checked out the video that I've done on the channel already with Sora John, the community manager from Sora, I'm going to leave a link to that that's going to be in the show notes, I do believe, in the description. If not, head on over to Twitter, as you can see on here right now. We're giving away a pair of NBA tickets indeed. Uh, get involved in that. And, yeah, that, that's all I have to say on that, Matt. How are you two doing? I've, I've currently got a Christmas tree opposite me, so uh, feeling festive at the moment. Indeed. Lights bright. Just like they were last night for Tyrese. How, 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 you, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Um, I guess I, I'm enjoying this in-season tournament stuff. Uh, watched a bit of the game last night, sort of crammed in the content as well. Um, I think it's doing exactly what the NBA wanted, to be honest, and I think it's created a a bit of a star, maybe someone with a bit more mainstream potential than he did previously. So I guess that's what they wanted, to be honest, and uh, he's playing very well, so... I guess we'll get onto that in a in a little second there. Yeah, I mean the the in season tournament seems to be just getting better and better as the hit. And I think when when mm. we're now getting into the Vegas steps, that's where it's really going to elevate and take off. That's the impression that I'm getting. I feel like I'm not sure where they're going to move on from it next season, but I, I've really liked that all the teams are buying into, it, especially the paces one, the celebrations that you saw yesterday, and there was yeah. the reports. Obviously, ten of their guys are on like less than five hundred grand, like on their contracts. Uh, sorry, less than I think it was less than three mil. Three mil. So five hundred grand. Yeah. Obviously, this is a lot of numbers. This is a lot of money, but it's it's a big deal to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we spoke before about it, and I, I was saying, you know, these group games. Uh, it looks like it was heading in the right direction, but I, I was holding judgment. And I think in those first couple knockout games we've seen, the it's really up the ante. You saw the crowd and the players getting involved a lot more. There was so much more hype around it. And that you, I mean, you'd expect that to continue as it goes on. And obviously, you shout out to the Pacers, as you say, because one, you know, obviously, one beat Boston, that's a big win, but also just the amount of hype they brought to the game, I think is exactly what you wanted to see from this in season tournament. So I'm excited to see it carry on. I think as well, um, it gives us maybe like a small glimpse in what like a playoff atmosphere or maybe even like playoff lineups how how teams may go into those types of games that mean a little bit more rather than, you know, your regular season where you're going to mm. sort of share minutes a little bit more. And I think, uh, you know, as much as uh, it was, I mean, that, that was a good matchup yesterday between the Celtics particularly and the, the Pacers because obviously you got the Pacers' number one offence and then you got the Celtics' number three elite defence and that was quite an interesting mesh and match. But you also think I saw a few of the flaws that maybe might before the Celtics later on the season. So I, I, I like that as well. It's adding sort of wrinkles or like things to the game that people can analyse and maybe take forward as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I liked those games a lot, particularly the Celtics Pacers one though, over the over the Pelicans Kings. So, yeah, I mean, I spoke about this last night uh, on the So Rare Life People Lock stream. Uh, but in any case, I thought that the minutes, and it was a good point that was raised, I thought the minutes and touching on what you said a, a minute ago in the playoffs, we'd see sort of very similar to what we would expect. And it did surprise me that like Luke Cornett and Peyton Pritchard were getting still big rotation minutes. And I know it's still really yeah. a regular season game, but I think in terms of the aspect from the Celtics, what was their, what was their big issue in terms of this loss with, with Indiana? Is it, they just couldn't really guard Tyrese Halliburton. Was that it? 
I mean, it's a bit that I think they miss Porzingis massively. Yeah, that's <laughs> think, the main thing. Yeah, I think it, it. I'm not sure they make the NBA Finals personally if they don't have that guy fit and firing for the playoffs, and that's obviously like a huge, huge risk because we know that he's liable to break down. He's liable to break down, particularly in the playoffs. We saw that a couple of times for the Mavericks when they were, you know, playing against the Clippers, and he goes down. So, I think that's a big issue they need to fill. I think. Um, that they can stop anyone on their day with their with their sort of like defensive structure and and their routines and everything like that. But um, if I'm comparing them, and this is might be this might be harsh because they're still the number one seed in the East, they're still a really good team. But I'm comparing them to the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have a fail safe where they can just go to the two man game for Murray and Jokic, and that will get you a bucket. I'd say like nine times out of ten. I'm not sure the Celtics particularly have. An offensive weapon like that they've got a load of great offensive players but i'm not sure if they have a particular go-to move or, or or like set that they can go to particularly as much as the nuggets do so i think that's something that they have to keep an eye on and obviously poor zingas that's something they're probably fingers crossing on more so because i mean what can you do by his injury prone i think the words you you'd use to describe maybe the difference between them too especially with poor zingas out is the synergy and, and the fit and i know people have gone on about that with Murray and Jokic and why, you know, they're probably the best duo in the league, even if you can name two individual players on teams that might stack up more talent. And with the Celtics, I think you need Drew Holiday and Paul Zingis to sort of get that synergy down as a group because, and it's been said for years, Tatum and Brown obviously aren't a natural fit together. But with Paul Zingis healthy, I think that they'll be fine in that sort of sense late in games, just with what he brings with the spacing and how, how he manages to uh, how he manages to help the other players operate in the offense. No, I mean, indeed, I, I, I kind of, I'm somewhat glad because I didn't want to see this in-season tournament be a Celtics-Lakers thing. That was my main thing. I didn't want to see that happen. Um, and it's no qualms against those two sides. I just want someone that's like, I want some fresh blood to win this this thing. So yeah. Indiana, they're a fun team. They're interesting to watch. They're kind of giving me like Sacramento vibes from last year, but a little bit better, if that's fair, in terms mm -hmm. of how they play. Everyone's been like, they're the plucky, not underdogs, but they're the surprise of package is what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, we talked about them last week. I think Lewis pointed out, and I kind of agree. They ever see them because they're not—they're terrible defensively, but they're just, as you can see, they can outscore anyone on their day. So that 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 can give you in with a chance. But I don't know. I think it this has provided like the pedestal, like a platform for Tyrese Halliburton to really sort of emerge as a star. And I think we'll look back on this maybe as like a a sort of touchstone moment for him, particularly where he's. Yeah, emerges. He's had this big game. He outperformed Jason Tatum in this game from quite honestly. Although Jason Tatum was better on later on in the game. Um, and that's that's a big moment for him. He's never had something like this. You know, uh, it, I know it's not a playoff game particularly, but it's it's high stakes. And, and I think I'll be looking forward anyway to see them when if, if he stays fit, because that's kind of the, the crux of it. But I hope yeah. they get to the playoffs. And I'd like to see him in those games as well to see how he does. Yeah, I did find it funny as well. Just just as a last caveat on this, uh, I saw a stat and it was like Halliburton uh, recorded a triple-double without any turnovers. I think it's only happened, only five other players in history have actually done that in the NBA before. 
and one of them is Jokic who did it twice in the last two games. And it's just like, it's just like wow. whatever. Yeah. And we're used to it now. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. I saw that one. <laughs> Um, in any case, we'll move on over then to the other quarterfinal that was live last night. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans for the Sacramento Kings. Pelicans got the dub. I've got to say, I was expecting a Kings win here. I was expecting a Kings win. Um, what were your main takeaways from that game, Lou? I mean, when they threw out, I, I was a bit skeptical actually because they've obviously had CJ off for a couple of weeks. And I think after a sort of midland start, the Pelicans kind of regathered a little bit of form with some more size in the backcourt as opposed to having. CJ there. Um, so like Dyson Daniels, who didn't get many minutes last night, but I think they were running Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, and the other five, four, yeah, the other two, the three that you see there. So Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, Zion Williamson, Brian, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Van Tunis. And that was obviously, I think, I think following the trend that we've seen this season of like big lineups, big defensive lineups, also disrupting on the offensive end because you can't deal with the size. And I quite like that. So, yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't I was expecting this either, if I'm quite honest. But Sabonis, defensively, I know you see he's, got, he's had a pretty decent offensive game there. But he gave up a couple of easy buckets. And um, I think, again, it's the same thing with the Kings as you get with the Pacers, actually, is that defensively, they're always going to struggle a little bit. So they're relying on outscoring a team. And sometimes, I mean, when they've got when you've got raw talent like Ingram and Zion, who can go off for, for big nights, we're just not seeing it consecutively or at the same time, unfortunately. But they're coming through with some some nice stuff, and I, I don't think Zion has the same type of spring as he used to personally. But he's been he's been solidly like quietly solid this season. I'd prefer it to be a quiet thing rather than this big splashy thing. Maybe go under the radar a little bit and and do your thing, and then. That, that that hopefully you gets think, you gets you going a little do, bit more. Do you think yeah. Zion's going to have quiet times in Vegas? I don't think that's going to be the manner of it. But um, I, <laughs> well, I mean, look, the, 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 the NBA have got a result in the fact of that Zion is now marketable for the in-season tournament in Vegas. I think that's their true. That, that would be they the probably would have preferred a Celtics Lakers matchup, but yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I like. I agree with you. I want someone who's never been in this type of position before, before mm. to win it, and I want a player who has never been in that type of position to be forced to make those types of decisions. So um, I like it. I like the, the little Celtics going out. I'm quite honest. I'd quite like the Lakers to go out. Well, they've got the Suns or Lakers. I don't really care actually. Other than yeah, so, I'd rather the Suns go through. That that. If you're gonna if you're gonna ask like what one would I prefer, I'm always gonna pick the 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 Suns in that in that manner. I just think that I don't know. There's something about Devin Booker. I'd kind of I'd like to see Devin Booker do well. That's that's the thing that I've got with with that there. But um, in in this case, I think overall, I don't think either teams are gonna win. Uh, this is gonna win the in season tournament in any case. That that's uh, my. That's I don't my know. It's just one game thing. Like if it's a seven game series, I might agree with you. But a one game thing, any one of these teams can win. If I'm quite honest, yeah. W, w Suns, W Suns, that's exactly it, BS Trade, that's exactly it. Um, I think what we'll do now is we shall move over to, and I, for some reason it's not loading up for me now, which is annoying, there it is. We'll move over to the Knicks and Bucks game to preview that one. Um, I said earlier on last night as well, for me personally, I see this going the way of a Bucks W, but Jalen Brunson puts up like 35 or 40 points just because it's the sort of tale of every guard that's somewhat decent against the Bucks lights them up. And I feel that that's going to be the case. I think that like Yanis and Lillard have got enough to get over sort of the Randall and the Brunson, but I think Brunson's going to put up an extremely uh, unbelievable offensive game. That's how I see it. Do you two concur? Do you two split opinion? What, what's, what are you saying? 
Uh, yeah, so I feel like that's kind of been the tail of the tape for the season for the Bucks. Really, everyone obviously thinks they're one one of the best teams in the East, but it's constantly been brought up their issues with obviously losing Drew Holiday and the frailties with the backcourt with them. Yeah, I would I would expect the Knicks to be able to exploit that. You know, they're they're a pretty good team. Brunson's obviously a very good player, but offensively with the firepower that the Bucks have, I, I would expect them to win. I kind of agree slightly, but I will say, I mean, the Bucks beat them, I think, a couple of weeks ago in the in-season, that they've already played each other in the in-season tournament. Uh, so there's something to consider. But in that game, Brunson did go off. You are right. And I think he will go off again because they just don't have the capacity to deal with a good offensive guard in this team, unfortunately. Um, but there's also, uh, it's, it's too, I'm really not sure, actually, because the Knicks have home court advantage right here. Is this in Madison Square? So that's something, um, uh, something to consider anyway. I could, if you've seen the sort of atmosphere at the Indiana yesterday, playoff games at the Knicks, something to consider. Not, not that um, it stops someone like Trey Young or, <laughs> or any of the teams that have beaten I'm, them in the playoffs last couple. I'm of not years. sure. I'm I, not sure. I think it's the Bucks. I was yeah, Bucks. Okay, Bucks, all right, yeah. fair enough. Removed. Just forget that I said that. <laughs> yeah. um, but in any case, I think the Bucks have been a little bit better recently. Actually, I think they're starting to gel with that core a little bit more with Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Damon, and Yanis. I think it's starting to work a little bit more offensively, anyway. But in the last game, RJ Barrett didn't play. That's a big miss for them. So that he, he'll be coming back in today, and that that's something to consider. And Jay Crowder is also not playing, who I believe is probably the the, the person that you would put on, like, uh, to sort of, like, one-on-one -on -one defend because, obviously, Yanis does different things. So, I don't know. It's something to say, consider. It could be close. Like I said, these one-game things could go either way, but I I'm, I put my money on the Bucks. Well, I mean, the, the exciting thing at the start of the year was Yanis was like, yeah, I get to be on-ball defender now that Drew's gone and I'm going to do all this defensive work. And it just hasn't worked, like, at all in the slightest for him in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately they're going to need to make a trade because I they because I can just it is going to happen. Jalen Brunson minimum thirty points is what I'm saying tonight, and you can come back and quote me on this. The only reason he doesn't get thirty points is if he goes down injured. I think they'll have to do something, but like I said, I think the mm -hmm. Bucks are just going to have a little bit too much for the Knicks tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think ultimately that is just where where we fall in this manner. I think they're just a little bit too skilled, but who knows? Who knows? At the end of the day, we'll move on now to the other quarterfinal that we've got tonight. The one that we aforementioned briefly, uh, Suns v Lakers, obviously it's at home in LA. So it's going to need to be something going on here for the Suns to really get a result here. But I've got faith in Devin Booker. I do think he's going to have that sort of big time performance. And the LeBron's going into it questionable, I do believe. I think AD's probable. So they should have, I, I think LeBron will play if I'm being completely honest. But it need there's something not right with the Lakers. I, I You two are really buoyant on them this year. I wasn't as much, and I, I know the Suns have had their troubles in any case, but something isn't clicking for me with the Lakers and what I see, and I don't know if, if you've changed your opinions or what, but that, that's how I feel. I think the Suns will get the results tonight. I mean, look, I'm not down on either team, really, obviously. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can be down on either of them with, obviously, the acquisitions the Suns made and then you know how the Lakers performed last season. The main problem with the Lakers is just... Uh, one, Anthony Davis's health. Two, to a lesser extent, we still will consider LeBron's health just because of how old he is now. And then you've got, you know, the D'Angelo Russell issue of sometimes he goes ballistic, sometimes he goes cold. 
But overall, I think if I had to pick now, I'd, I'd pick the Lakers purely because obviously, even though Devin Booker's back, the Suns aren't going to be at full strength. And I just think that, that I think they've played twice and the Lakers have, have beaten them twice this season as well. But the, I, I like... I don't know how, what the stats actually are for them this season, but I like how defensively they match up to a lot of teams with, with Anthony Davis. Like personally, I think Anthony Davis, if he plays enough games, has probably been the second best defensive player this year. Even with his and inconsistencies? Even with his inconsistencies, I'd say he's probably been the second best defensive player this year. After Rudy, and- probably so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, we might be doing stocks rising and falls it falling. He might, he might get a little shout out. I don't know. I don't know if George would permit it. To be honest, he might, he might get the stream down. No, no, no. Or we no. can name we're it. Credit, but... well, we'll get onto that later. But yeah, yeah. And and, and at the end of the day, the, the Suns are obviously going to score points. They've got the, the, the players to do it more, more so than nearly any other team in the league. But I think the Lakers are the, the more well-rounded team. But because of the, yeah, maybe not their issues, but things that can happen to that Lakers team that I listed, there's always a chance that the Suns just, you know, score a ridiculous amount of points and win the game. Yeah. I mean, that that's the, the total sort of aim of the Suns team, right? The way they put it together, they're not really focused on the defence. And I think if you look at it from a matchup standpoint, the size that the Lakers have should kind of overwhelm what the Suns can put out there, really. And Nurkic, if he's healthy, um, which is not a lot of the time, but that, that, that's a lot for him to deal with personally and also i'm not sure is kd playing in this game i think it might he might be sort of like a late decision or something like that that would obviously he, affect well, my decision he's not, he's not on the injury report so right. and obviously underdog normally tweets these out a little bit closer to the time but he wasn't he wasn't tagged as questionable or doubtful so i think he's i think he's fine and good to go the same yeah. thing with with booker because he played the last game so i think yeah. they're all good it'll just be the case of that i think the main ones are going to be on ad and lebron yeah okay. I, Okay, so obviously Brad Bill is not playing either, but that's kind of part of the course this season yeah. as well. So, I mean, okay, if he's playing, then that I have to take that into account. To be honest. I, I do kind of agree with you. My, my my sort of belief in the Lakers has waned a little bit. I'm not sure if I really put them in title contention to begin the season, but I like the acquisitions they made. They kept their sort of core intact and added on top of it particularly, but it's just not seemed to work as well as I thought it would do. Um I know they're not really happy with the coaching, if I'm quite honest. Austin Reeves hasn't really kicked on like they expected. LeBron's still playing a lot of minutes. So I think they're probably going to make a trade. They can't make a trade at the minute due to the sort of um, extension rules and everything like that. Um, but I'm not sure what it will be, if I'm quite honest. Do you need? Do you think they need a third striker, uh, third striker, third scorer? We've seen them go that way with Russ, and that didn't exactly work out like they intended. Do you think the, that it's the sort of case where they're entering the Caruso sweepstakes? I know they've got two first-round picks for him, so it depends on what you're willing to give up and what you think the Lakers' ceiling is as a, as a team. I think in their heads, they probably think, we can go for a championship if we've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But in a, in a weird sense, I, I don't really see it. I, I, I'm not sure what move they could make, particularly for me, that would put them above the Nuggets. Um, that, that's just my opinion, but yeah. So I think this year, I think the Lakers have got two. I got a two-year window left with LeBron. Is what I'd say. I think he plays this year. Mm-hmm. I think he plays next year. He might do a year after, but I think he, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't see it personally. So I think he'll stay in, as long as his son can play basketball. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think I think he'll try, and then because like at, at that point we're talking, he's going to be what 41. Mm. We're going to say, and yeah. I, I know obviously everyone's like, there's no way he's ever going to stop. 
but there does have to be father time <laughs> will get lebron at one point right? it just know. does happen <laughs> um but i think in any case in terms of like prime lebron we're not in prime lebron but still a usable lebron that can take a team to a championship i think you're looking at a two max three year window right and in that case, I don't see it happening with D'Angelo Russell, but I don't see it happening with any of the guys that are on the trade block at the moment in terms of scorers. Zach Levine does not move the needle for me nah. for any team that could go and get him. That's why I don't think there is a big trade market for him potentially because nah. I think that deal would have already happened if so. I think Caruso, again, does it mean if, if they picked up Caruso, do I then put the Lakers above the likes of the Boston mm. Celtics or the likes of Denver? No, I don't. I know you're talking conferences, but it's more of the... I'm not sure what their move is right now. So, and mm -hmm. obviously Vando's just coming back in for them. They're still going to have to settle in and, and sort of reform that sort of structure and how many minutes are going and where, but it, that uh, there was something not right with the Lakers this year. It still isn't a great fit, but that's what it is yeah. for me. I mean, for me, if I'm looking at it, obviously they're not going to be able to, you have, you have to work with what you've got, right? So it's, it's not like they can just add some mega superstar that's going to put them over the Nuggets and, and the Celtics and the Bucks, whoever you want to put in that conversation easily. I think it's just assessing your weaknesses and maybe trying to flesh out the roster. And for me, the way they have to approach it is with outside shooting because they're just not yeah. good enough to... You know, if you're going to win the championship you have to be a better outside scoring team than they are i think they're lot i think they're second to last in the league in three point percentage i want to say i think it's the grizzlies who obviously are just rubbish at the moment <laughs> last and, and then it's them and that's just not a recipe for success especially when you look towards the postseason when things start to go more towards that that way and maybe with that's why we see some teams drop off the are much stronger in the regular season so for me it would be to try and get some better outside shooting other than that there's not really much you can do so i think yeah. if you are of the opinion that the nuggets are just a better team than the lakers then i don't think there's that, that much they can really do to change that I, the thing is i guess that you would say in there that they probably do have good outside shooters they're just not performing like they expected i know rui was on a hot streak in the in the playoffs but like someone like gabe vincent uh, Austin Reeves is a big one. I, I think they need. I, I think what you're saying is they need to sort of maximise what they have now, rather than look outside for for something. Because, like you said, yeah, yeah. But if they do, if they do look outside, I think it has to be for shooting mainly. Because I don't think they're. Mm. You know, you're talking about like Zach Levine's. I don't think they're going to have like a one player like that who's going to completely transform the team. I think you have to know what you are, which is a primarily defensive team, and that's what you're going to have to base your success off. And then build yeah. from there. I think the way that they can build from there is with some more outside shooting. And you know, you mentioned Austin Reeves. I think that has been the one where he hasn't maybe played to the level that we saw in the playoffs. And you'd hope that they can figure that out. And I think I think they probably will figure it out. Totally right. So obviously, we've got the bracket on screen here right now. Um, I think we've both we we all agreed that we think the Bucks are going to go through, right? Yeah. yeah. So we've got Bucks playing the Pacers, and then. Where are you two, where are you two falling? I've got Suns. I've got Suns. I'd go Lakers. I'd go Lakers. Okay, so, so put Suns unfortunately, they should take the L there. So Suns yeah. going for <laughs> Suns, Pelicans, and Bucks Pacers. Where you, I mean, there's not too much. This is a hyperbole. This is, uh, this is the sort of thing that we're predicting here now. Where would you fall? And then who's going to win the championship? I'm going to go to you first, Lewis. Briefly sum up who you think, oh, both first. semifinals and final. 
Well, the the Bucks no no in depth analysis vibes it, only. Where the you Bucks, been? The Bucks pace is an interesting one, right? Because we were talking about um, how much uh, people have exposed maybe some of the defensive weakness of the Bucks. Mm. No team is better suited to do that than the Pacers right now, really. So yeah, you, you look at that and you think, yeah, maybe. So you know what? Because of how much motivation I saw on the bench as well, I'll, I'll go the Pacers. I'll go for the upset, and then. What do I want out of Pelicans and Suns? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll go with both. I don't know if you count the other ones and upset, but I'll go with the Pelicans as well. One, we'll go with Pelicans, Pacers, two, two that you wouldn't expect, and the Pacers will win the whole thing. Oh, I've got the Pacers going through against the Bucks for the reasons that Lewis outlined, just because I quite like it. <laughs> I like the story. Yeah. Um, um, but I'm going to go the other way. I think the Suns will beat the Pelicans. I think the Suns are in really quite good form as well. So. I think they'll go into that with a bit of a bone, bone to pick, point to prove. I, I might. I think the story ends there. I think the Suns might win it. I've, I've got a feeling. Yeah. I've got a feeling that the Suns might win I, it. I was um, just going yeah. pure vibes. I was just yeah. going pure vibes. I, if I'm honest, I'd like either Indiana or the Suns to win it. But I think the funniest narrative of them all would be Zion in Vegas winning it, and the aftermath mm. that would happen of a Zion Williamson partying in Vegas after winning <laughs> the in-season tournament. I think the stories that have come out of that would be, yeah, the stories that have come out of that would be, oh, magnifique. But um, no, I think I think Suns will go to the Pelicans. I think the Bucks will play the Pacers. I think the Pacers will beat the Bucks. I do. I truly do believe that. Not even as an upset. I think I almost would favour the Pacers to beat the Bucks, just primarily mm. because of how those two teams are organised and set up. I think the matchup for the Pacers is better. Um, I think the Suns will beat the Pelicans, and I don't think I think as long as KD and Booker are all healthy, and I know that we can say this in anything, but as long as both of those play, I, I would take the Suns. Uh, and then I, I, I think the Suns will do it, but it'll be a really, really close game. I think that's where it's going to that's where it's going to lead to. But um, yeah, so I mean, look, I think in terms of in season tournament stuff and. I'd kind of almost, it, it seems like it's gone really quickly. I don't know if you two agree on that one. Um, I don't know if they could maybe prolong the start of it a bit more next year or if that's not something that would potentially work. But it seems like the group stages of it, or however they called it, it, it went in a flash and then all of a sudden we're talking about semifinals. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe they play two two games each instead of instead of one. Uh, versus the teams in the group. The main thing they need to change is that uh, points differential. Yeah, because we don't we don't want to see Hacker Drummond again. <laughs> I think <laughs> we can leave we can leave that where it was and and come up with something else. Because I think someone I can't remember who made the point, but when you look at like a football or a soccer for anyone that calls it that, that wherever they live, it's the you know, the differential is easier to do that sort of system because there aren't as many goals involved or points involved yeah. whatever you want to call it whereas in basketball obviously the numbers are so high that there's so much you've got to take into account this it is far easier to do it another way i think i think they will change that i think um i mean it's, this isn't really an in-season tournament type of thing as but as more of an addition to um obviously the nba would win this because they've got the best basketball players in the world but maybe an extension to other countries make it international obviously international basketball is, is something that's growing um I, i'm sure that's something adam silver's probably already thought of he's, he's got that type of mind I, th I think this has been a really good addition to the season personally because otherwise you know these these games in december no one's really paying attention to um so this has given it a bit of a buzz i do expect it to be 
given us some sort of sponsored name next time uh, <laughs> because in season two, it's Ultra not exactly in season yeah. tournament yeah it's it's not it's not catching the attention it, on a name basis shall we say but i like the unique nature of the the courts the uniforms even if they're ugly i just like that it's been given it a different feel so i don't think yeah. the courts are ugly do you think the courts they are, are ugly? i think mean, it's hard to watch after a while yeah, I don't love them either, I'll be honest. But it is it's, it's, it's very nice reminiscent because it's of like it makes you feel like it's on a different platform yeah. to the regular NBA games, which it obviously is. It's very reminiscent of the uh the old school like 2K custom courts where people would have like bright red on their court and it would bleed yeah, your eyes if you were playing it. Um but no, I, I think in general, yeah, we all agree that it's a good thing. So what we'll do now is we will move on to our potential well not our potential who we feel in the nba has had their stocks rising and stocks falling and we're not just going to do it for like the one week window right we're doing it we're going to go for the sort of we're a quarter of the way through the yeah. season is that what we were saying so okay. we're going to take that into question with everything so obviously i'll uh, whip out the oh yeah baby a hundred percent all in there on the money right there so stocks rising um Louis, I'm going to go to you first. Who have you got as your sort of your some the Q1 NBA season stock rising? Um, I've just got to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the only way to go. I probably mentioned them before in, in one of these. I know Lewis did last time, but it's just it's just too impossible to ignore from where they were at the beginning of the season, where I think I picked them for the under, or which was like 44 and a half, 43 and a half. I can't remember particularly to first in the west um it's the longest i think it's like that they've been first in the west for what like 10 or 12 days or something and the, the whole franchise had been first in the west for like that amount of days and <laughs> from like the 1998 to like 2000 yeah whatever it's just ridiculous um so it has to be i i think in a weird way where we've sort of criticized all the decisions they've made over the past couple of years trading for rudy gobert uh, Mike Conley trade seems a bit strange. DeAndre Russell kind of had a decent start at the Lakers last year, maybe thinking, oh, maybe they'd let go of him too easily or whatever. Um, but it seems to have all worked out to at this point in the season anyway. The size really stifles a lot of teams on both ends of the floor. Rudy Gobert is, I think, maybe at his defensive peak at, at the moment, even though he's one defensive player of the year, like, what, three, four times already? Um, I think this team... Whereas last time with the Utah Jazz, when he was picking up those types of accolades, he was like, the, the, that team on the perimeter was so bad defensively and he was covering a lot. Whereas now, the Minnesota have, I think, from like one to seven, pretty good defensive players throughout there. And I think that allows him to just patrol that paint really effectively. Sometimes it's an awkward fit with Carl Anthony Towns offensively. Sometimes it looks a bit junky. But, you know, I, I think it's working for them quite well. They've got a point. They've got to decide to a point because those salaries. I think Cat Supermax comes into effect next year, and the Edwards rookie max extension comes into effect. Obviously, you're looking at guys like Jaden McDaniels. He'll probably want an upgrade and pay because he's such a good defensive player. Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley, they'll probably want extensions. So it will come to a point, and obviously we have to see how it does in the playoffs. But in a weird way, if you if I someone said to me that they'll be in the western conference finals i wouldn't be that shocked so that's got to be a massive massive stock rising i think that, you wouldn't be shocked at them being i wouldn't in the be western shocked i would finals. not be shocked i'm not predicting even, it, so, but even, i wouldn't be shocked 
even think of the competition. About, it's 20 <laughs> think games, of the competition. I know, I know, but it's 20 yeah. games in. You wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't if be come surprised. Come playoff time, they were Western Conference. No, I'm not. Uh, like I said, I'm not predicting it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure what their competition is. If you look at it, the Warriors look oh. absolutely horrific. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's the main thing. Yeah, uh, and you look at. I, I I will say I don't agree with that. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised for in the Western Conference Finals. But just just to Louis's point, when you look at the teams that are sort of in that conversation, I think everyone thinks the Nuggets, obviously. And then you look at I think after that you look at the Suns, who you know ha- had their injury injury issues start with and have their glaring defensive frailties. And and then you look at the Thunder, another team that have been doing really well. I don't know if you watched. Personally, if Lou was going to say the Minnesota Timberwolves, I would have said Rudy Gobert. Uh, if you watch that Thunder game and the defense he played on Chet, he had him locked the entire game. Like it, it, the last couple games have been really impressive from him, and I do think he is. I know I said AD is probably second, but that's by the year, and obviously it's only been a quarter of the season. But I think Rudy Gobert is like by a country mile the defensive player of the year at the moment. So you have to give some credence to that, but I do think. When it comes to translating to the playoffs, we will see a bit of a drop off. But how much and how much they can compensate for it, unlike maybe some of the teams Rudy's been on in the past, I don't know. And I think there was a podcast uh, quite a while ago when uh, when he maybe first joined when they're having their troubles, and I think I spoke about adjusting to well, Cat and Rudy especially adjusting to how they have played defense before especially with how Rudy plays and how they would have to change to sort of match that and I think that's gone a long way to helping them become the defensive monsters they have been in the league so far this season so you've got to give it obviously it's propped and you you can't completely dismiss it but I, I personally would still be surprised if they got to the Western Conference Finals So who's your who's your sort of stock stock riser then for Q1 so well the first quarter of the NBA season. Yeah, I, I mean, as I said, my, mine would be the Timberwolves or if not, then really go there. But we've touched on them both. So I'll, I'll say, I'll go with one that we were all high on before the season. And I mean, they're 14 and 6. So you can't really ignore them if they're out with the Celtics and the Bucks. And that is the Orlando Magic. And we talk about defence. I think that's the first thing you have to look to for them as well. I think they're fourth in defensive rating this season as a relatively young team who you'd expect to only only improve uh, as time goes on it's a fantastic starting point for them to be at. i don't think they're obviously going to be having basically the same record as the celtics and the bucks by the end of the season but you, you got to take the positives when they come and i think you you look at their team you look at obviously power banquero has been playing great wagner's been playing great there, there's a lot to like about this magic team Indeed. Um, I can keep my one short and sweet. I mean, for me, it's none other than Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's sort of stolen the headlines and the show. The Pacers haven't had the most unbelievable record, but the stat lines he's been putting up, the clips, the everything that he's been getting for the Pacers this season has been phenomenal. I don't think anyone... I've, everyone knew he was a talented point guard. I don't think anyone would have predicted him to have this sort of start. Um, he's in MVP conversations for sure, which is mental considering what it is. And you even have people now going back and being like, did the Kings trade the wrong point guard and everything coming from it and all of that sort of talk. And, that, and the fact that the Kings are talking about this whilst they're still obviously rolling with Sabonis and Fox shows just how good he has been for them. Um, in any case, though, whenever there is stock rises, there's also stock fallers.
Oh yeah, the the production line doesn't end at the, at the first one. We've got multiple ones to go. So NBA stock fallers again for the start of the season. Whilst it's still on me, I'm going to take it up. I'm going to give you the guy. I'm going to give you the guy who I think has had the his stock fall damaging amounts. And to be honest, it's it's Monty Williams. I can't lie. Um, the Pistons, I think, are they 17 losses in a row? I don't care how bad their team is, how bad their roster is. 17 losses in a row is horrendous. And if you're coming in as the main, like, top dog paid guy within the league, I'm expecting a little bit more than that there. Um, I don't know if you two would feel like I'm being out of line oh, there. No, no. These, no, the Pistons are criminal. It's criminal because I actually, uh, I know you said that it doesn't matter, but I actually quite like a few of their players and I think they could be a fun sort of like young team. I don't think they'd win a lot of games, but, you know, Cade, Jalen Duran's a good player. Jaden Ivey yeah. should be in there. He's not even really playing very much for them. Um, I like a lot of their players. It's just like criminal coaching at this moment in time. So, I mean, I guess there is a conversation to have about uh, Cade, to be honest, and how how high his ceiling you think he is. I think he's quite a good player, but the spacing that they have right now is just not suiting them very well. So, yeah, it, it is pretty criminal what Monty is doing. And he's getting a lot of money. He's the highest paid coach in the league. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think it's, it's exactly that. I mean, the issue that they've had with... Jade Ivey, whether they was putting him on the bench and then he was coming up, like he was coming off the bench and not in the starting role was strange. The stuff with Kevin Knox bringing him back, then throwing him into the starting lineup, even weirder. And I think that, yeah, uh, granted the Spurs are also down bad, but I'm not going to hold the, the Spurs have been awful. They're like 14 losses as well. So they can't really like come away from this in any better light. But I think the Pistons, are, I've got to hold more accountable to the Pistons here of how bad of a start of the season that they've had personally. Um, yeah. Louis, who is, who's yours? Who's yours in terms of oh, where you're going for the, okay. the stock faller? Um, who are you going to slew? I got two in my head, but I've done one last week. So I, I'll leave them. But I think I'm going to go for the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I, I, not that I think every anyone on them was particularly high going into the season. I don't think anyone here thought they've got sort of title aspirations but I think they've been kind of just I think we thought they were a solid playoff team maybe a higher home court advantage team and they're just they're just not that good <laughs> they're more sort of towards the lower end of things and I think there's obviously I think some defensive frailties that come with having with having Mitchell and Garland there as, as your two guards. They're obviously not defensively very capable. Mitchell particularly, I think we can kind of come to the conclusion now that it's not an effort thing, that he's just not really got the ability to be a very good defensive player. Um, but you would think that would be sort of maybe covered up by the fact they've got Mobley and Jared Allen. They've got these really big big units in the front court as well. Um, but I just think there's a lot of crossover with a lot of the guys they have. I think Garland and Mitchell want to do a lot of the same things offensively. I think, obviously, Mobley and Allen, there's some crossover there to what their skill sets are. And I think just sort of shot creation is a little bit of an issue for them sometimes. And I just, yeah, uh, it's just a whole lot of meh at the minute. It's not, it's nowhere. And they gave up a lot to get Mitchell. And it feels like they should be higher on the totem pole than they are. So I think they've been a bit of a disappointment for me, especially because I think I picked them on the over and they had a pretty sizable amount of, of wins on that over. I can't remember what it was, 49 something, 49 and a half, something like that. So mm. I think there has to be mentioned. Um, so, I mean, if Lewis doesn't pick them, I was either going to show out the Golden State Warriors because they've gone from potential title contenders to me to hopefully get the uh, 
hopefully get the playing. <laughs> Not the playing, yeah. But hopefully get the playoffs or outside of playing. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think with the Cavs, the issues that we thought would happen with the fact that they've got uh, Mobley and Jared Allen have come to surface, which is they just are quite offensively stunted. I think that's why people thought a trade was going to be coming before the season to maybe move Jared Allen. And that didn't come to fruition, obviously. And they're still a decent team, but when we compare them to the expectations that we had for them, I think that's where you've got to come in and say that they're just underperforming. Right then, Lewis, who is your your stock faller? Who have you got then? Yeah, Look, I mean, I, I mean, Ace Adam here. Ace Adam's agreeing with Louis, so I mean, Louis, you can take the dub on that one. But there, there's a few to choose from. To to be honest with you, I think the standout one is the Warriors because uh, just to throw a lot of, another couple of teams under the bus because we might as well. Uh, the, the Grizzlies are obviously terrible, but you know they, they've got the caveats with the injuries, and I, I throw the Bulls in there as uh, a, a really. You know, they've underperformed a lot. Their offense is putrid, but I don't know what people's expectations of the Bulls really were. So, so I'll, I'll go with the Warriors because I think, you know, when we listed out our tiers of teams and where they would compete for the championship, the Warriors were underneath what you would call your championship favorites, which were literally like the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Nuggets, maybe. Maybe you put another team in there, I don't know, but they'd be right underneath that. And they're just nowhere near that at the moment. I think. A lot of people have pointed out or singled out Clay and maybe his regression and how he's not performing. But I think you just have to look overall at the entire Warriors roster that isn't called Steph Curry. They're just not playing well. He's having to do an enormous carry job when he shouldn't be having to do it at his age. And the aspirations, I think, even though it's only been a quarter of the season, have just died off a cliff for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the I wouldn't put the balls in this conversation primarily because when we like even when we was having discussions in terms of um where we feel expectations are for, for teams this year, we all said if the balls have like a bad start, it's gonna be blow up season for them and change everything. So yeah. we had that sort of level of doubt already inbuilt. Whereas with the Warriors, there was no real sort of talk about if they're this bad, then it's gonna look this it's gonna look terrible for them. Clay looks horrendous at the minute. That's the thing. That's that's their big issue. Andrew Wiggins hasn't turned up for them, and he's, I he's think had a Wiggins couple of is games. bigger. I think Wiggins is. Bigger I, I, I think. don't think it is. I, I think Wiggins has been Wiggins has been poor, but he still had like a game against the Kings. He was good, and a few others. Clay on defense looks so bad right now. Teams are targeting Clay on defense on, on that. Like Paul George got that big. Like that that Clippers game was horrendous for them. Yeah, that was a big. That was a big old dent in confidence for them. I think, but. Look, the, this this team has shown enough that when it comes down to the business end of the season, they can sort of rally together and show signs of it. But it, it's you're asking yourself the question now: Is this finally the year where you think the Golden State Warriors are going to slowly go down, and it's going to be their their time to to look at re, yeah. re, re, rejigging things? And I think when you single out Clay and Wiggins, the real issue with them under Borman is they're integral to how that team functions, and if yeah. if they're not playing well then the whole thing falls apart. Obviously, Steph being the number one with that, but Steph isn't going to fall apart. Steph's still minimum top seven player in the league, probably. So that, that's not... How long do you think How long do you think Steph's just... window is? Because Steph's 35. Well, it, like, uh, the Steph one's interesting because obviously, you know, the shooting touch isn't going to go away like, like athleticism is. Yeah. But 
carrying a team like he's having to is obviously gonna it's a heavier load and you don't want that as someone age 35 so that's not going to help but with the way he plays uh, and obviously what his primary weapon is i do think he's got a decent amount of longevity but that window you know the window can't be going forever at uh, 35 years old so yeah I, and i think you see that with how they've shifted their team construction and what i think they'll end up doing with trades as well they're going to try and maximize the window they've got left instead of trying to do that transition while still keeping a top tier team which is what they've tried over the past couple yeah. of years so you're thinking right the, the young guy like kaminga moody uh, uh, yeah exactly yeah I, I think wiggins is probably going to be the one to go as well i can't see him trading clay because of the sentimental value of yeah that, personally um uh, I, I, I think Wiggins is going to go personally, but I'm not sure who it's going to be for. Um, I think we aforementioned Zach Levine, maybe he could, he could do something here. I'm not too sure that moves the needle. I heard Pascal Siakam floating around. I think he feels some needs for them, but obviously he's got some pretty big concerns as well. So, yeah, it, it's not looking great right now, but I, yeah, you have to maximise that window of Steph. You definitely do, because like you said, if you've got a top five player in the league, you've always got a chance, basically. To, to be in that conversation maybe Jokic is I've, I've heard some people argue that Jokic is so far beyond like the, the gap between first and second is so far beyond that maybe it doesn't matter as much but I, I, I'd give it a go <laughs> you have to give it a go basically but yeah. the Clippers could have been in this conversation as well but my personal my personal expectations weren't high for them coming into the season so they're kind of about where I thought they would be you know no James Harden obviously in, in that initial yeah. expectation I, but yeah I, I thought they'd be a bit better but I just think Looking at the, I, I know there's only one game between them at the moment, but looking at where the prospects of the team is heading into the rest of the season, I think you have to be higher on the Clippers than you are on the Warriors, even if you're not particularly high on either of them. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Right. So um, before we get ourselves out of here for this part, I mean, have any of you, have either of you two got anything else that you want to sort of touch on before we head off? No, I, th I think that's about everything. Yeah, I'm going to quickly me. run through then. Oh, sorry, Lou, what did you say then? No, no, said nothing from me. All right. I'm going to quickly run through some of the so rare stuff just to quickly give a, a, a bit of a, an in-depth weekend, sort of touch on where things are going. In-depth? No, a quick one. What we're going to do, we'll talk again. It's similar to the process of what we've just had before. Stocks rising, stocks falling. I'm just going to quickly run through it on the so rare stuff. Right then, so in terms of what we've got on so rare at the moment, um, obviously we're in that sort of longer game week with this knockout round going on in the 25k prize tournament. I'll give you a quick update as to where I am in terms of that one. Uh, if I scroll on over to my lineups, you can see that I've had a Sabonis and a Tatum play, obviously last night. They're not going to be playing any more games. They're not going to improve on this score, but I'll take it where it is right now. And I think everyone that's playing so rare, I know you two have touched on it a little bit in the common side so far. You didn't get involved in the IST tournaments, but everyone's sort of liking the, in the sort of longer format competitions that we've got. Also, in terms of where we're going to go then for next week, looking at it, we have our first new sort of competition. We've got under 23s in there. If you look at the, the prizes that are involved, we've got a Paolo Banchero signed jersey on the rare side and on the limited side, it's a signed basketball, I do believe. And then a couple of like gift cards that have been given away as well. They've not announced what the prizes are in terms of finishing between sort of 11 and 15 there and 4 and 50 on the limited side. But that's sort of where we seem to be going in terms of stocks rising within Sora. Stocks falling now. It wouldn't be a stocks falling section if I didn't talk about the secondary market on the rare side. Now, we are waiting with bated breath 
for the rare reward update to come. Uh, I think it's game week 15 that it's scheduled in for, but it isn't really... I'm not sure what it's going to do for the secondary market on the premise of that you're looking at these season two cards and they're selling fine because of the new tournaments. But season one cards at the moment on the rare side just seem to be so out of demand. And that's going to be the issue that I feel that they're going to need to revive in some way. But that's that's sort of touching on where we're going. I mean, I know you two have been playing on the common side. Have you, have you been enjoying sort of checking out your lineups in that sense? Uh, I know I, yeah. I think I got a reward on the common side the other week. I don't think he, I think you came close, Lewis, right? On the commons. Yeah, it was just uh Josh Giddy let me down, unfortunately. I was actually really high until until that got involved. But yeah, yeah it, it's, that's, it's that's, interesting. that's not the worst thing he's done this season as well. So yeah, well, yeah, well. But I, I allegedly I, I do want to get involved in it more, obviously, and I do need to buy some more limited cards. It did make me laugh. I bought one and then just didn't buy anything else. So I left it for a while. And then obviously because some people have seen I've just got one random limited card in just my entire collection of just common cards. Someone sent me a request for like a trade request for that Jalen Green for like 16p or something because they're like, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. So that, that just made me laugh. But yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed that voice. Yeah, I've got a couple of limited as well. Not as well on that front. But I had a, when we done the first physio, I think you remember that I had, uh, I think I mentioned him as well. I was like, I think this guy's meant to be quite good. It was Hammy Hackers. I think that's how he pronounces his last name. Apologies. Jaime, Jaime Hackers, Hackers, you the heat guy. Uh, and he has risen exponentially in value and performance, actually. So that's been quite nice to see. But um, yeah, yeah. I, saw, um, I saw some tweets from like, um, not NBA Centel, not like those troll accounts, but yeah. it was more on like they was talking about how some alleged uh, basketball front office GMs or front office guys were like, we'd rather have Jaime than Damian Lillard in his current situation. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> so it's all of them ones. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's a solid pickup. Uh, he's, he, I, mean, I actually think, I mean, outside of so, I think he's a really good basketball player and the Heat are actually quite good this season. But yeah, that, in a sober sense, he's been, he's been quite a little get for me because he was, I mean, he was lower in value before, but yeah um so that's been quite nice I've, I've had a couple sort of common rewards every now and then but um i just uh, not not as skilled uh, whenever i see uh, talk about it, whenever i see a, i've got a guard player in the milwaukee bucks i'll always play him <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> he's, he's always in there that's so that's strategy. my that's my loan advice on so rare from me personally <laughs> Indeed. Right. What we'll do then is we're going to round that one up there. Thank you very much for listening and for watching. If you're watching this live on YouTube, um, drop a subscribe. What are you doing? Subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below. Uh, if you're listening to this on playback on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're doing, leave us a review over there. It would help us out more than you could possibly imagine. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up, though. So we'll catch you. Uh, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this outro for it. My head is absolutely fried from it today. Um, we're going to catch you in the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening and peace.